Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. What a blessing to have you tuned in this Sabbath. Those of you in the chat, greet one another, edify one another, and encourage one another. Remember, you can always connect with one another six days a week at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect on our various Zoom platforms. I know today, this morning, there was Shabbat Fellowship. And of course, I suspect, excuse me, last night was quite busy on the Calendar Club after last week's teaching. Good grief. Did I stir you all up? Did I give you things to think about? Hopefully, you search the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Just like the Bereans, it's time for us to delve into the word of Yahweh today. We are in the 21st chapter of the book of Acts today. The 21st chapter. I'm going to begin in the ninth verse, and today I want to really hone in on three points that I hope will bring blessing, revelation, and insight to you. Number one, what does it mean to be bound in the Ruach, to be bound in the Spirit? Number two, what does it mean to truly be circumcised? And number three, what does it mean to be a Nazarene Israelite under a vow? What, is those, what do those terms mean? Because right here in the 21st chapter of the book of Acts, this is the topic of today. In the ninth verse, it is written, And there were four virgin daughters to this one who prophesied. And as we stayed more days, a certain prophet from Judea named Agabus came down. And coming to us and taking Shaul's belt and binding his hands and feet, he said, Thus saith the Ruach HaKodesh. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man whose belt this is and will deliver him into the hands of the nations. Now, remember last week, in the 22nd verse of chapter 20, we came across this particular phrase. Paul said, quote, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit. I go bound in the Ruach unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Back into our text today, in the 12th verse, it is written, And when we heard these things, both we and those of the place begged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Don't do that, Paul. Look, look, look. I, the Bible says, you know, a wise man seeketh much counsel. And you have sought our counsel, Shaul, and... and we don't want your flesh to get seared. We do not want you to get hard-pressed and ground down. Don't go up to Jerusalem. But what was Paul's response? Then Shaul answered, What are you doing, weeping? You're breaking my heart. For I am ready not only to be bound but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Master Yahusha. And not being persuaded, we ceased, saying the will of the Master be done. Acts chapter 21, living a life of conviction. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of your past sins, regardless of the filthiness that your life used to be, that my life used to be, when we truly come into faith, we are a people that is bound by the Ruach HaKodesh. And as we mature, that binding gets stronger. It gets more sure that sometimes... 
in life, especially in the life and age, brethren, that we now currently live, we need to have the conviction of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit within us, that when the, all the voices are saying, go this away, and the pressure and the fire and the furnace is hot, that we do take counsel. But if you are bound by the Holy Spirit, bound by the Ruach HaKodesh in severe conviction, where you just know, even if it costs you, you have to make that choice. That is called integrity. Integrity to the vow that you took. Integrity to the circumcision that has been performed. Because at the end of the day, if we aren't being changed and transformed inside, then we can't change and transform this world. And at some point, we have got to hear that still small voice and be bound in conviction, even if it costs, and it usually will, but there will be the blessing. To be bound to Yahweh in the Ruach is the first point that I see, the first revelation in this passage. It's an interesting bound, interesting Hebrew word, asar. Asar. It's spelled Aleph Samek Resh. Aleph Samek Resh. What it means is to begin the battle. An obligation of oath. I began the battle, the obligation of an oath. This is a true story. Sitting under an apple tree. In 1996, I was sitting under an apple tree and I had a Native American spiritual drumming set next to me. I was out there playing the Native American flute. I used to go to sweat lodges. I was seeking spiritual things, but I was so lost. And that day, my life changed from sitting under an apple tree. And I was bound by the Holy Spirit when I made a decision to follow the Savior that day. And things that had bound me, sin, in my life began to be released. Because there was a stronger, more powerful conviction. Because there was a circumcision that had taken place and a vow. This is the tripartite section of Acts 22 and it is transformative power and it begins at the birth but it should always be with us and in difficult times even years later we should always come back to being bound in the Ruach HaKodesh because that will shut out all the noise what is the binding inside of me that the Ruach HaKodesh has for me to be circumcised of that conviction of heart and then remember that we are under a vow and we have vowed to Yahuwah through the circumcision and are now bound in conviction and that is what gives us a transformative inward and outward change in our lives. That's when the battle began with me, for me, because it was a battle, what? Our war is not against flesh and blood, but the principalities that were stalking me, generationally, geographically, the battle began. To be bound, asar, aleph, samak, resh, meaning to begin the battle, of obligation of oath. That is what it means in the Hebrew. When we come to faith, that is when we truly begin the battle. We've taken an obligation of oath if, if we're truly converted. And that's what separates the wheat from the chaff. If we're truly converted. 
Interesting, if you actually go back and look at the pictograph in the Paleo-Hebrew of this Hebrew word asar, and you look at the Samak Resh, the Samak is a thorn representing a turning. A thorn representing a turning. And a Resh, of course, is a picture of a head. So if you combine the two, the Samak and the Resh, it means to turn the head, the turning of the head to another direction. One who, one who rules turns the people to his direction. One who rules turns the people to his direction. See, I was, I was, I was following the direction of S.A. Tan, of Lucifer, of the Illuminati, everything illuminated, oh, whatever the world could have, oh, come up on this mountain, look, look, look what I can offer you, all the riches of the world, look at all the splendor, look at all these wonderful pleasures of the flesh. And I tried them all. And it left me dead. And then I turned the head, and it was what? The Samak Resh, a thorn representing a turning, the Resh repre representing the head, the turning the head of the child to the ruler crowned in thorns. Transformative, never to be the same. The turning the head of a foolish child to the ruler crowned in thorns. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. I lived like a foolish child and I was sitting under an apple tree and this is what happened. Conviction in spite of outside influence. Can we actually hear the still small voice and commit by obligation of oath to be bound to the Ruach's lead? Can you make that commitment? That's the commitment of our calling. That is what's going to see us through in the tribulation and these times of Jacob's trouble. Look at the 20th verse of chapter 21. And hearing, they glorified the master and said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews that there are who believe. And they are all zealous for the Torah. Yes, we should be zealous for the Torah. But we need to rightly divide the word of Torah. And the 21st verse, it goes on to say this. And they are informed concerning you that you teach all the Jews who are among the nations to forsake Moshe, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, nor walk after the customs what is it there for? This is a question that has gone on for centuries. Anti-Pauline, pro-Torah, anti-Torah, anti-law, grace, grace, grace. This is the question. At all events, a multitude will come together, for they will hear you that you have come. Therefore, verse 23, do this. What we say to you, we have four men who have a vow on themselves. Of course, this is the Nazarite vow. Taking them, be purified with them and be at expense for them so that they may shave their heads and all may know that they have been told what about you is nothing, but you yourself also walk orderly and keep the Torah. So there's two parts here. We'll go in the first part. We're going to talk about to be circumcised. And then we'll finish up with the last part, to be vowed, to be vowed. So here we go. Because the accusation was what? That Rav Shaliakshaul was forsaking the teachings of Moshe and saying that you ought not circumcise your children. That was the accusation. But 
What was circumcision really all about anyway? Was it about willy skins or wine skins? I mean, really. Willy skins or wine skins? What was it really all about? I mean, come on. A skin in the smoke, a leathery skin, which, if it hung any while in the smoke, was not only ashen, but dried up and shriveled. And now some of you out there are still like wondering, is he talking about willy skins or wine skins? What? I don't know. Especially when I get to the bit about leathery skin where it's hung in the smoke and dried and shriveled up. But I'm talking about Psalm 119, verse 83. For I am like a wineskin in the smoke. I do not forsake your precepts. I do not forget your precepts. It's not about willy skins. It's about wineskins. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Else the new wine will burst the wineskin, saith the master, and be spilled. And the wineskin, well, it will perish. Because Paul spoke to the Romans what this willy skin, wineskin was all about. But if thou be a breaker of the Torah, then your circumcision is made uncircumcision. It's about the wineskin. It was always about the wineskin. Can you contain the new wine? And the only way you contain it is if your vessel has been purified by the indwelling of the Ruach HaKodesh. But you're so carnal, all you can think about is the flesh. It was always about wineskins. Deuteronomy 10:16. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. It was always wineskins. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6. And Yahweh thy Elohim will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that you will live. In Jeremiah 4, in the fourth verse, circumcise yourself to Yahweh and take away the willy skins that you're so focused on, people. Now, this is a guy that was in the Messianic movement where literally, people, sometimes in some congregations, there would be willy skin checkers at the door for Passover. Not in ours, not here. But some places I heard of that. Because they were so zealous for the Torah and what it says in Exodus chapter 12 and 13, that they couldn't see the reality of the inward change because it was so outwardly carnal. That's called works of the law rather than works of the Spirit. So even in our zeal, can it be misplaced? If we are looking to the carnal nature and works of the law, they are carnal. But the works of the Spirit is always about circumcision of heart. It's always about being bound by the Spirit and about the inception point. Did you even make a vow to live a transformative life of conviction and change? Because if not, then you're just living works of the law. Circumcise yourself to Yahweh and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evils of your doings. Circumcision, it was always about the higher calling. 
And it does have its place in the Torah. But let's look at what it really, really means. Because Yahuwah attached physical circumcision to the covenant to Abraham, which was a tripartite covenant. Of course, Genesis 12, Genesis 14, and Genesis 17. Excuse me, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and Genesis 17, Bereshit. Yahuwah attached physical circumcision, Bereshit, Genesis 17, to the Genesis 15 promise. What was the promise? It was the flaying open of the pieces. It was the book of the covenant promise. The wedding. Circumcision is just like a wedding ring. But if you commit adultery and you break the covenant of your wedding, then what good is that token? Because it's only a token of your fidelity. It's only a token of your vow. It's only a token of your chastity. But if you are a whoremonger and an adulterer and you wear a wedding ring, you are a hypocrite and you are in danger of the hellfire. It is of no use. If the marriage covenant is broken, then the token is of no use. Therefore, once the children of Israel broke the book of the covenant, that fulfillment came in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. They broke it by the sin of the golden calf, which was adultery. Then what use was the sign, the token of that covenant? It was of no use. That is why a whole generation of seat-seat-wearing, Torah-observant youth went through for 40 years uncircumcised. Because what's the point of circumcising into a broken covenant that you annulled because of your adultery to the golden calf and other gods? So when you come to Joshua 4, you see circumcision again. But what is that? Is that circumcision? Can you circumcise into a broken covenant? Of course you can't. Because Paul tells the Galatians, once a covenant is, you cannot disannul, you can't add to it, once it's ratified. And if you've committed adultery and you've broken the vows, then you're an adulterer, Israel. So in Joshua 4, with circumcision, it's a land entrance token sign. That's all it is. So today, when Orthodox Judaism circumcises their children out on the eighth day, they believe, erroneously, that they're circumcising into the covenant of Abraham in Genesis 17. But you broke that covenant. That covenant is broken. You would need a new covenant that you would have to circumcise into to partake of that. But the circumcision of that covenant is what circumcision was always about. It's the circumcision made without hands, Paul says. So circumcision of the flesh today, literally, is a land entrance token. It's a work of the flesh. It's a land entrance token. It is not circumcision into the covenant, because that covenant where it was a token, was broken at the golden calf breach. This is some powerful stuff. So many misunderstandings when it comes to circumcision, both in Judaism and Christianity and Islam. Of course, in Islam, you get the raw end of the deal, just like Ishmael did. I mean, I've been in Jerusalem, and you see these teenage boys running around. They're 13 years old. And they're running around with white sheets with blood down the front. Because they do it raw at 13. So, you know. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 19. Circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing. But the keeping of the commandments. Taking the vow. Being bound by the Spirit. Living a life of conviction and following the Savior. That is... If you love me, keep my commandments. That's the point. 
Galatians 5, 6, For in Yahushua neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision but faith. For in Yahushua, Galatians 6, 15, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. That new creature should be bound by the Spirit, should be bound by a vow, and should have the new circumcision. That's the new creature. Colossians 3.11, neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. Galatians 5.11, and I, brethren, if yet I still preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? So the question, to be or not to be, to circumcise or not to circumcise, I've run the whole gamut. I've had eight-day-year-old boys on my laps where their dad has been at them with a circumcision tool that we ordered from Jerusalem. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Flint knives in the desert. To circumcise or not circumcise, just know that if you choose circumcision, you're a being obedient to the second commandment of Joshua 5.2 after a 40-year circumcision lapse under the Levitical priesthood. You're not being obedient to the first command of Genesis 17 under the Malchizedek priesthood because that covenant was broken. You'd have to have a new covenant under a new high priest, and it would have to be a new circumcision, and that one is clearly clarified as made without hands. Which is why when Ezekiel prophesied to the house of Israel in exile by the river Babylon, by the river Euphrates, excuse me, in Babylon, he told them that if they were to repent and come back into the land, that then what? There would be circumcision. Because it was a land entrance token, and it was about coming back into the land. Ever since the golden calf, circumcision has always been a land entrance token. Because the one that was a marriage token of covenant, you broke it, you adulterers. Therefore, you would need a new covenant to circumcise into. And the only blood that's shed for that is a different type of blood. It's powerful stuff. Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. A lack of understanding on the true words of Paul here, which is why there's been so much arguments and controversy. But we don't need to be a part of that if we are following these three things that I'm bringing to you here in Acts chapter 21. To be bound by conviction of the Holy Spirit. To be bound by the circumcision of heart. And to be bound by the vow we've made. To our Elohim and his son. Because it's always tripartite. Because he is the plural Elohim. Echad, plurality. It's very important. Now, let's look at the third point, to be under a vow. What does that mean? Now, over the years, over the years, I've spoke with many, whether it be in the church or the messianic movement, about this passage. Well, look, you see, why is Paul taking a Nazarite vow if he's, you know not doing the, you know, the book of the law, and now you're teaching about the book of the covenant, and then in the church, they're, they're very confused about this. This is, this is kind of a, a really difficult passage for some people to understand. But let's remember the context of where we are at in the timeline history of Yahushua bringing in a new covenant 
that is reflective of what? The new circumcision, and it is that book of the covenant. What was broken and breached has now been restored under the Melchizedek priesthood. So what do we see here? Paul, Rav Shaliak Shaul, is at that cusp, that transition point. There was a Levitical priesthood. They were under the book of the law. Yahushua comes. He ratifies by his blood and death, burial, and resurrection, the new covenant. He brings you into that new book of the covenant. And therefore, we're at this cusp point, this transition point. There are many Levitical priests that are leaving the priesthood and coming into the faith, is the testimony of Acts in the sixth chapter. There's many, many that are moving, many myramids, it says, of Jews right here. So Paul is at the cusp of the law transition point from the Levitical into the Malkitzedic. There was the book of the law. Now we've got the book of the covenant. We can't understand this passage without understanding the book of the law and the book of the covenant dichotomy. Many mistakenly say, well, Paul took a Nazarite vow, which of course is in the book of Numbers. And this is proof that he kept the book of the law. And they try to use this as an example of how we should live today. But that's called eisegesis. You're putting your own ideas into the text. Because Paul did not take a Nazarite vow right here. Well, yes, he did. No, he didn't. You see how we... we I can't tell you how many times people have led me to Acts chapter 12. Well, Paul took a Nazarite vow in Acts chapter... No, he didn't. He ended a Nazarite vow. That's a big difference in the only Torah way that you can end a Nazarite vow. You can't just walk away from it. It has to be ended properly. If somebody took it, it needs to be ended. Well, that's just common sense. So Paul actually ended a Nazarite vow here, the only Torah way possible, as proof that he was walking in honor. As proof that he had integrity for the Torah. Why? People would say, well, that's clouding the issue, Matthew. No, it's not. Remember, he also said that he would use all means to try and save some. What we fail to realize, and this is the problem I've seen in the past 15 years, especially with the hyper-messianics of which I used to be, what we fail to realize is that Paul was at the cusp of the law transition point. This is the key point. He's not willing to jeopardize the salvific gospel over form, structure, and tradition. How many of you, be honest, myself included, how many of you, when you were in the traditional church, you were quite, you were, you were out there, you were sharing the faith, and you, you, maybe many people were getting saved because you were out there, you were evangelizing, you were doing the work, and then you got into the Torah, and all of a sudden, it was all about form, it was all about, and you're like, you didn't have the same kind of, I know I didn't. Because we can get locked into structure and tradition and form, and then we miss the leading of the Ruach. You see, Paul, at that cusp of the law transition point, he is not willing to jeopardize the salvific gospel over form and structure. 1 Corinthians 9.20 explains it. And to the Jews, I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. And to them that are under the law, under the book of the law, they're still following the Levitical system because they haven't had the gospel of Yahushua yet. They don't understand that there's been a transference from the Levitical priesthood into the Malchizedic priesthood. I was as under the law. That I might gain them that are under the law, the book of the law. That's exactly what he's doing here. He's at that cusp, transition point, and it's all about the salvific gospel. It's not about structure and form and tradition. To those still under the book of the law, meet them where they are. Meet them where their understanding is, which is under the law. 
demonstrating that he was not totally lawless, as some were saying. Why? Because they weren't comprehending the rightly dividing point of Torah. They weren't comprehending the change of Torah. You see, there was a change. And it was always impending ever since Genesis 49 verse 10. Until means impending change. I'm going to do this until I do that. Impending change. I'm going to stay here until impending change. Hebrews 7 verse 11, impending change. Look at Genesis 49 verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Oh, you can't add or take away from the Torah, Matthew. You can't. Well, what happens if the Torah was ordained and written with an impending change already in it? Until, until impending change. Impending what? Impending when Shiloh came. Well, what, well, when does that happen? Well, that happens when Paul speaks to the Galatians to clarify this point at the cusp of the law. Wherefore then serveth the law, the book of the law, verse 10, it was added because of transgressions at the golden calf, till the seed, Yahushua, should come, Shiloh, to whom the promise was made. There's your impending change prophesied in Genesis 49.10. It's right there. Supernatural understanding spoken of by the Apostle Paul. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 10, which many credit Paul for writing. I don't believe he did write the book of Hebrews, but still. Which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings. Animal sacrifices, meats, drinks, divert, Levitical book of the law, book of the law, book of the law, and carnal ordinances. Focusing on willies instead of circumcision of the heart. Imposed on them until when? The time of reformation. Hebrews 7.11 If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, the book of the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek? And not be called after the order of Aaron. For the priesthood being changed, because Genesis 49.10 allows for that change, always written there and prophesied, there is necessary a change also of Torah. Because it was pre-written in Torah, ordained by the hands of Moshe, the first mediator, to await the time of reformation, the greater mediator. You see, what Paul's doing here is absolutely brilliant. There's no controversy. There's no controversy. Once he gained an audience with them, he would reveal the rightly dividing point of the law, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. And he would explain to them that they were in fact cursed if they did continue in the book of the law system. Galatians 3, verse 10. And if they still persisted in continuing in that Levitical system, then they would make Yahushua's death a vain thing. Galatians 2, verse 21. He went into great detail speaking and revealing this to the Galatians, which is why so many people get confused on Galatians, on both sides of the aisle. But the book of the law and the book of the covenant dichotomy, the Levitical priesthood and the Malkitzedic priesthood dichotomy is the key to unlocking the book of Galatians and it is the key to unlocking all 12 tribes coming in from the nations. 
that there is neither Jew, slave, free, male or female, but we are all one under the new life-giving Torah brought about by circumcision of heart, by binding of the Ruach, and by the continuation of the vow we've taken to follow the Master. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto Elohim, a workman that is needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of Torah. Galatians 3.10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. The ever-elusive works of the law is defined right here. How about that? Scripture actually being the dictionary for Scripture. What a strange thought that is. Galatians 2 verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of Elohim, for if righteousness comes by the law, the book of the law, then Messiah, Yahushua, died in vain. So on one side of the aisle, we've got traditional Christianity that's totally adopted Roman papal paganism and not following the commandments whatsoever. And then on the other side of the aisle, we've got the synagogue of Satan, and then the messianic movement in the Levitical system moving toward the synagogue of Satan. And ultimately, at the end of this chapter, you better be careful, because if you follow that way, you'll end up at the Anatonia Fortress, believing it's the Temple Mount, where the Antichrist will be revealed and you'll all be part of animal sacrifices and the abomination of desolation. And you'll think it's the Temple Mount when really it's the fortress, the Anatonia Fortress, north of the Temple Mount, what commonly today, of course, they call the Temple Mount. It's the great deception that Daniel prophesied. And so many are falling for this because they cannot rightly divide the word of truth. And you know what? I was one, and so were many of you. But this ministry is about saving souls and bringing us into the fullness of the faith so that we can persevere together through Jacob's trouble and the great tribulation. So to be under a vow means we are to be bound to the Father. We're to be bound to the Son. And we are to be bound to the Ruach HaKodesh by the oath that we made. And if you didn't make that oath, then right now is the time that you should make that oath. Right now, if you're watching and you haven't made an oath to the Savior, if you haven't made an oath to the Savior and you haven't asked for repentance of sins and forgiveness, to put away your wickedness. Then now, right now is the time. Because the Ruach HaKodesh will come into you if you have a sincere, contrite circumcision of heart, inward change. And then you will be bound by the Spirit for the rest of your life and live a life of purpose and conviction that no matter what this world throws at you, it matters not because your destiny is assured Assured. So death, where is thy sting? Well, what can you do? I have a desire that we will all walk differently on this earth as priests. Because there is a transformative change inside of me that enables me to transform and help others see that outside. But unless I can live the transformative change in me, how can I manifest transformation to this dying world that needs transformation? There's a whole generation of godless heathen out there that don't even know the gospel. But they are knowing Lucifer they are knowing the globalists, they are knowing deception, they are knowing death, disease, and eventually many of them will see that it was Luciferic 
globalistic and occult when their loved ones are mangled and dying and the world has nothing to offer them but FEMA camps, slavery and destitute. And they will realize and many will come and they will say that we know that Yahweh is with you. Show us the way. And we have a duty to live a transformative life so that people can see that. I want to help mankind. But the only way I can help mankind is by living the way that we have all been ordained to live through the transformative power. And I'll finish up with this powerful scripture in the book of Hebrews in the 7th chapter and the 21st verse. For those pray priests, for those priests were made without an oath. If they were made without an oath, could they have transformative power? But this one, he was made an oath by him who said, The Lord swore and will not repent, for you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. To be true transformers, to be true transformers, we have got to be bound in conviction by the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, number one. Number two, we have to be circumcised of heart. Brit Milah Halev. There has to be an inward transformation. And number three, we have to be under vow unto Yahuwah to serve no other Elohim, to not bow the knee to any political propaganda, but we serve one Elohim and we swear an oath unto him and to no one else. And we live a life of transformative power. Then we're ordained for transfiguration. This is a powerful chapter. Very misunderstood by so many. Misunderstood for centuries. I want to be bound in Ruach. I know I'm circumcised of heart. And I know that I'm under a vow. So therefore I should live according to that. And that's the transformative power. What saith you in the chat? What saith you, O holy brethren? Let's see what's going on here. What a glorious day, hey? Blessings, blessings. Let's turn that off, shall we? Repeat, repeat. All right. Let me refresh my screen, brethren, and if you want to have a chat with me, I would love to have a chat with you, but it does help if I can see. Oh, yeah, I was just telling the brethren about this. Bruce Edmonds, do you believe it is possible that the Cape Cod man yesterday was lobstering and got swallowed by a whale? Yes. See, of course. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Getting swallowed by a whale. Is that a sign? Ah. I believe in signs. Shazzy Kellner. Shazzy Kellner. Shabbat Shalom. Shazzy, 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 Shazzy Kellner. Shalom. Under the new covenant, we are all circumcised of the heart. Of old males were circumcised of flesh. At that time, what was going on with women in the old covenant? Hmm, I'm not sure if I understand that question. Please clarify. Sorry. Now, Chris De La Rosa. Love you, Matthew. Don't forget our blessing. I said that last week, and I did. So this week, I'm stopping. Right now, I'm going to do the blessing. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah, right? Strike why the iron is hot. Yevarechacha Yahuwah vayish 
Mareka. Yeyer Yahweh panav elecha vechoneka. Yesa Yahweh panav elecha vayesim lecha lecha shalom. May Yahweh bless you all. May Yahweh keep you. May Yahweh's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and grant you, brethren, shalom. In the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yahusha Hamashiach. Be blessed. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. We've got some emissary of Elohim. has got some a nice Hebrew blessing up there, too. Thank you, emissary of Elohim. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Plain Truth says, check your snail mail for Plain Truth scrolls. All right, I'm getting some snail mail, huh? Nice. Shalom from England. Flame of Joseph Malkitzedek. Jeremiah 31, 31. Brilliant, brilliant. There's a bunch of crooks over in England right now, isn't there? Down there in Cornwall. Man, I wish that whale of beached some of those guys and girls don't you i mean what a what a clown show really unbelievable these are the people that are supposed to be leading the world and they're so they 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 they, they, they won't even shake hands they're so scared of each other it's amazing isn't it they're all doing this i mean just talk about brainwashed by the occult People so afraid of one another. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Pathfinder to the truth. Marvin. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. His wife is finally home. Thanks to all the brethren for all your prayers. Shalom to all. Praise Yahweh. Well, that, that is a, a wonderful praise report. Thank you, for Marvin, for sharing that. Oh, here we go. Bruce Edmonds, Matthew. On 6-11, a whale swallowed a man. Also on June 11th in London, the beast triad of commerce, apparently Noah's Ark boat was grounded. The British didn't believe Ark was seaworthy. Mm. Make the connections. Flame of Joseph, we have Article 61 movement happening. It was invoked in 2001. Okay, all right. Stacy B, Shalom family from Jamaica, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Oh, okay, Shazi Kellner. How were women a part of the old covenant in the flesh when males are circumcised of the willy foreskin? <laughs> how that clarifies my questions because of course Paul talks about this in to the Corinthians how there is the covering of the family covering goes down to the wife or wife to the husband of the unbeliever brought in and even down to the children so there's that family covering of covenant brought in but ultimately that is only going to help in this world, it's not going to transform you from the other into the other world if you have never had the inward change. The inward change, of course, always, like I shared many scriptures in Deuteronomy specifically, was the Brit Milah Halev, circumcision of the heart. So it was neither male or female, was it? It was never about the member, right? Angela, bonjour, bonjour, I feel bad, I love hugs, but with all the shedding, well, hey, she now, good point, good point, very good point, Angela, I feel bad, she says, I love hugs, but with all the shedding going on, I have been hesitant to hug the vaxxed, 
I have been reassured that I have the armor of Yahweh and should not worry. Yeah, we shouldn't worry. He is bigger than a Lucifer. That's for sure. His head is crushed. Ah, you may get a little bit of a bruise on the heel, but you have nothing to worry about. Some, there's some very interesting stuff happening, isn't there? Throw it up in the chat. What's going on in the world, people? Show me. Give me some insight. Oh, I'm going to get something in a perv, purple envelope, plain truth. Where are you from, plain truth? Throw it up in the chat. It's going to send me something. Good, good. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Let me refresh my screen here to make sure I'm getting all that chit-chat, all that good chit-chat. Oh, my goodness. We've got the Senate Democrats advertising on this channel. That is an abomination. Right now, look, look, look. What, can you see this, people? Look at this. Look at this. Can you see this? Look at that. Look at that. That's outrageous. Out, you got the wrong channel, lady, I'm telling you. you need, you're you're going to get no hits here. If you do, then we know that you're an Ishmaelite. I will skip your ad. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was the Google Analytics not working right there, wasn't it? Good grief. All right, what do we got here? Mm-hmm. Lots of chit-chat. You guys are going to have to go back into the chat and read it yourself. I'll finish up with one more here and give you time to go into the comment section below. Let's see. I think I pretty much covered any everything, didn't I? I think so. Oh, this is a good one. We were just talking about this. Craft Cast Nate. Matthew, I am wondering your thoughts on the potential of Trump being reinstated. Lots of talk about that. Lots of talk about that. Then my question would be thus. Would it have been that he had suffered a wound? that appeared deadly and then came back? <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just asking a question. Because right now it seemed there's a mortal wound. But then, I'll leave you with that one. I think we did a teaching wondering whether Kushner was a part of that. I think it was Kushner 666. Very interesting. Very interesting. Stay alert. Be observant. But remember, if you have taken the vow, you are circumcised of heart and you are bound by the Ruach, what have you got to fear? Nothing. Because we are being transformed and transfigured, the true transformers. Be blessed, each and every one of you. Remember, give us some thumbs up. You've stuck with me this long. Subscribe to the ministry. Please consider prayerfully supporting the ministry. And if you're visiting this teaching later on, then edify one another. Make connections in the chat, not chat, comments below. Chat, I think, is up there. Comments below, and you can always go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and connect on our Zoom platform six days a week. Brethren are making connections the world over, whether it's Jamaica, South Africa, Poland, or England. We're everywhere because we are the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Yahuwah bless you and keep you. Shabbat Shalom.